Hello friends, I'm Matt Baum, and thanks for subscribing. The first 18 episodes of this podcast contain the full audiobook version of my book, Defining Marriage, and now, every week, we talk about what's happening with marriage equality and chickens and safe words and stuff. Now I'll tell you this. Yeah? Nathan Drake's safe word is mango. Is that actually addressed in the game? It is. There's a part where a woman is stepping on his head, and he says, mango, mango, and she says, what? And he says, it's my safe word. And she says, shut up. Yeah. How very sexually progressive of the game Uncharted 4. That's what you're playing this, these days? Ah, uh, yes, that's the one. Does it? Does that become useful later in the game? Like, is that a clue that you need to unravel some other riddle? Nathan winds up in a grove of mangoes and is suddenly paralyzed. <laughs> he can't do anything. He can't do anything. What, is it, what does he do if, he, if they want to do something sexual with a mango? Ah, uh, they swap it out with a grapefruit. We've seen how well that goes. Oh, dear, yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's how it goes. We've, we've tried it, haven't we? Uh, we haven't. haven't. Have we? I, I, don't, I never know. I never know what happens You don't know what fruit has accosted you. Yeah. Apparently last night I was whimpering because I was having dreams about difficulty putting on my pants. What was that difficulty? Every time I put on my pants, I'd look down and see that the underwear somehow wound up on the outside. Maybe that no matter mean- what I did. Maybe that means you're a superhero. Oh, that is an interpretation I prefer. You could be Quail Man. What was your interpretation? Uh, just that I can't do anything right. Well, that may be what your brain is saying, but your body is saying you're a superhero. Oh, up, a up super Grover. Uh, of all the superheroes. Because he was a hero who couldn't do anything right. Thank you. Thank Remember you. he would try to fly and he'd fall down? What other notorious failures would you like to compare me to? The greatest American hero. <laughs> yeah, and? Uh, Diaper Man from, uh... The Mighty Heroes. Wasn't he successful? In his way. I suppose. I suppose. They, they fought crime. They saved the day. Diaper Man! Yeah, the erotic baby. <sighs> you cannot use that. Nope. Nope. We're not We're not calling it. We're not summoning the baby. This uh, We're well, like a minute and a half in at this point. Uh, at least. I have an important question for you. Yeah. Do you think that Alf was modeled on Corey Feldman in The Burbs? Yes. He has attitude. Possibly the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were modeled on him because he's really into pizza. Well, wasn't he the voice of Donatello in the Turtles movie? What? Was he? Yeah. Not on the show. How no, did I no, not no. know that? Um, I think he's a turtle in the first movie. Oh. But um, but specifically, I'm talking about his countenance, not his attitude. Um, yeah. He, he has, has the same haircut as Alf. He has Alf's hair. He has Alf's snout. He has Alf's well, piggy little eyes. Um, he looks a lot like Alf. I think he may have a lawsuit on his hands. <laughs> and he bites a cat. Does he ever? <laughs> uh, I think Alf predates him. So, if anything, Corey predates Feldman. Predates Corey Feldman? Yeah, I think Corey Feldman is based on Alf. That could be. That's likely, in fact. Yeah. So, maybe Alf has a lawsuit against Corey Feldman. I think he does. I don't know how, uh, the, the, how the system of extradition works between Earth and Melmac. It's very, very complicated. <laughs> uh, and it involves caning. Oh. Yes. Uh, although, from the sound of thing, Corey Feldman got enough of that as a kid so uh, yeah maybe uh i don't know if we want to include this in the podcast this what? bummer talk about cory feldman no he he just had to say mango and then all the producers in hollywood would have stopped putting canes around his butt if only he'd known then if only now mango mango all right i'm not even doing anything to you <laughs> um isn't mango also a saturday night live character didn't people yes. love mr mango for a while they 
Well, I don't know that they loved him enough to give him a movie or they anything. They loved him so much. Who was Mr. Mango? What did he do? He was little Chris Kattan. Oh. And he had big ears, and he was just kind of a monkey? Oh, he was a monkey Kattan? Do, do you literally not remember this skit? Because it was one no, of No, it was skits. when I wasn't watching Saturday Night Live. It was also with the girl who smelled her armpits and the yeah. man who knew too much. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Bill Murray? No, not that one. Okay. And, yeah, so that was a period in time when, um, I guess like every period in time, Saturday Night Live had, like, kind of a 15% funny ratio. Sure. Uh, and he was, he was in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you've you've gone down this primrose path. Because of Mango. Okay. Oh, right, Because right, Corey right. Feldman is Alf, and he had to say Mango to stop Hollywood producers from playing with his butt, and the Hollywood producers know that because Uncharted's safe word is Mango. You uh, are jumping back and forward in time like Billy Pilgrim. I am. I'm unstuck. You know, stick yourself stick yourself into a chair. I'll stick myself to the screwing place. We'll talk about what? What's the screwing place? Is uh, it me? <laughs> it certainly is. You need to say mango or you're going to end up being the screwing place. Oh, no, if anything, if anything, what's the opposite of mango? Beefsteak. 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 That's the unsafe word. <laughs> that is an unsafe word, especially it's when it's undercooked. Deeply. <laughs> yes. You get salmonella. Yes, the USDA requires a warning on all statements of beef steak. <laughs> yes. On you specifically. They oh. USDA just slap you with a warning. This guy Grade F. Oh! Uh, what were we talking about this week, Mississippi? Beats me. Uh, <laughs> sure, Mississippi. Mississippi. So, a big lawsuit in Mississippi this month. This Corey week. Feldman is this, suing Alf? Yes, lawsuit. Finally, Corey Feldman Alf. Yep. That was a sentence of words. Sure. Uh, yeah, so uh, Mississippi has this House Bill 1523. Mm-hmm. A uh, very good year yes, for bills. The best year for bills. Uh, it gives anyone permission to discriminate against same-sex couples. In what way? So government officials or businesses or just individuals or whatever club you belong to. But what do you mean discriminate against? Like like bite their thumb at you or deny you services? Or like, what are we talking about here? You are granted carte blanche to uh, deny them whatever you wish to deny them uh, without ever even having Even a to, hug? Even a hug. Oh, Yes. That's the saddest. That's what the lawsuit's based on. Mm. Uh, without running afoul of any sort of... Uh, penalty the government cannot penalize anyone for denying any kind of service to a person on the basis of the belief that marriage is between a man and a woman okay but this this wording it's always so confusing to me because it's not denying service because they're gay necessarily exactly but on the belief that marriage is between a man and a woman so it's not like you see someone who i don't know is wearing a rainbow uh, tiara and you kick them out of your diner because you don't like gay, right? Like, you can't do that. I don't think so. Maybe you could make a case, case. for it, being like, well, it just made me think of gay marriage. Right. So uh, so is this mainly one of those dumb cake and florist bills where they don't have to serve someone or somebody who owns an event hall doesn't have to rent their hall? Because otherwise, I don't know, like... Yeah, or King on, Davis. On the basis of the belief that marriage is between a man and a woman, sure. Like, people who issue marriage licenses. But it seems like this is such a narrow section of people who even would be empowered to discriminate under these rules. Like, get out of my store, I believe marriage is between a man and a woman. Under what circumstances does that even come up? Very few. Like, seldom are you, like, shoe shopping and someone's yeah. like, get out of here, you queers. But, but Particularly like, when you're shoe shopping. Well, but, um... But it's not even that, right? Like, it has to be 
not just that you're queer, but, but also something, something, something gay marriage. I believe marriage is between a man and between a man and a woman. Banana and a woman. Yes, I believe marriage is a banana and stuffed a in a woman. Yes, marriage is a banana in a woman, <laughs> and as it is described in the Bible. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Axel Foley bore that out. I'm going to assume that that's a priest. Sure. He he is a high priest to many. Axel Foley. Huh? Many have followed him. Or is it like, it also could be like a heavy metal man? It absolutely could be. And it might be. I mean, okay. we don't know what he did when we weren't seeing him. Okay. So he's either a priest or a heavy metal man or both. Is he the heavy metal he man priest? Man he, priest. He, he is a man priest to many. He's a heavy man priest. Wait, is he in Judas Priest? He's the banana. Oh, he's the banana in Judas Priest. Yep. And that is marriage. <laughs> okay. So if you kick me out of your shoe store, uh-huh. your Simon and Schuster shoe store. That is a joke <laughs> from a video I made in high school with my grandmother that nobody has seen. You don't think I should make obscure references <laughs> to videos that we made in high school? No, where my grandmother is talking to a pile of trash uh, and pretending to be Jackie Onassis. Yep. Yep, go on. And she says, does she say some shoe store? Oh, she's trying to remember the name of a publisher. Yeah, she's trying to remember who uh, somebody worked for. I can't remember if it was Caroline Kennedy or uh, John. I mean, it was somebody. But uh, she's like, she worked for uh, some shoe store. Simon and Shoe Store. Yes, yes. And then your puppet says, Simon and Schuster, you say. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so yeah, this bill, I think you've correctly identified its function. It's for the cakes and florists and for the Kim Davises who are like, I just don't want to do my job. Okay, but again, because these are so narrow, mm-hmm. this just seems like it's pandering to a base, right? Because like, these aren't bills with sweeping implications. These are bills that seem like they are meant to have almost no impact, but to win huge brownie points with people who think gays are icky. Yes, but there's a real danger to them, because if they are allowed to stand, they establish a precedent. Oh, I'm not saying, yeah, that they should be allowed to stand. I'm just saying that like their real-world impact is minimal so they they seem like they are just purely a a very cynical calculation yes i think you're correct about that okay and they're going to be very expensive and they're going to take a lot of time and uh this mississippi one is one of the more high profile battles uh because the thing actually passed and now the Mm -hmm. aclu is suing on the grounds you know that pretty much what you'd expect 14th amendment due process and equal protection um i mean they they kind of wrote the thing stupidly Mm-hmm. Um, they would probably have a better shot at defending it if it was anyone can do whatever they want on the basis of their beliefs about marriage. But mm-hmm. instead, they wrote it so that it was, you can't be penalized for discrimination on the basis of your belief that marriage is between a man and a woman. So that singles out a class of people for discrimination. Right. Well, what it seems like they're trying to do is, in a backdoor (laughs) sort of way, Mm -hmm. codify that the definition of marriage is that marriage is a union between one man and one woman. Mm -hmm. And so they're just writing it sort of backwards, that you can discriminate against anyone on the basis that marriage is between a man and a woman, and therefore the definition of marriage is that marriage is between a man and a woman. Yeah, essentially. Essentially, they're saying, well, the law may say... one thing, but you can behave as though the law says something else. Right. And they also, I think, are probably smart enough in their stupidity to not leave the door open to any belief about marriage, because then what about plural marriages? Mm -hmm. What about, uh, you know, a a dad marrying a daughter? What about a dog marrying a cat? I mean, at a certain point... A banana marrying a mango. A banana in a woman being the definition of marriage. Yes. 
It could be. Um, so I think that they want to make sure that what the law is saying is that marriage is a union between one man and one woman and not open to anything else. Yeah. Marriage can't be anything other than that. And so you are free to discriminate on any other interpretation of marriage. Correct. Correct. Okay. And the impact of this law will probably be fairly minimal. You know, when you have a Kim Davis come along, the law would protect that person. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very seldom that that actually happens. Right. Uh, there's a case in Wyoming right now involving a... Um, uh, oh, goodness. I'm not sure what her job is exactly. It's one of those strange positions that's like county magistrate or something like that. It's mm-hmm. just like a weird term. But her name is Ruth Neely. Uh-huh. Uh, she's in charge of marriage stuff uh, yeah. somewhere in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says that uh, marriage equality violates her religious beliefs. Uh, and uh, now the Wyoming Commission on Judicial Conduct and Ethics mm-hmm. has recommended that she be removed from office because she said that she would not issue a marriage license to a same-sex couple. And this is, at this point, fairly moot because no one has actually asked her for a marriage license. Right. Like, no same-sex couples have approached her to say, we'd like to get married, please. Mm-hmm. She's just proactively taken the stance that uh, if it happens, I'll be uh, discriminatory. She said, quote, when law and religion conflict, choices have to be made. Well, yes. yes. I think she's right about that. Yeah. And so her choice is to violate the law. Okay. So she's taking a conscientious stance. Yeah. And I guess uh, choices have to be made on the side of the people who employ her as well. And I'm not even... Like, I'm having real difficulty even seeing her side of that because... It's like, what would she have us do? Like, oh, when law and religion conflict, I guess you got to side with religion. Well, I think some people do feel that way. But then whose religion? I mean, yeah. just hers or or anyone's religion? Because there are a number of religions who uh, have practices and beliefs that probably are not in accordance with hers. And would she want government officials with those beliefs to be able to do as they please? Yeah. And so when law and religion uh, conflict, there are contexts where it is acceptable to side with religion. She could, you know, for example, uh, work for a nunnery. I don't know. There, there are places where you can, you can make a choice. You can, you can opt for religion and that's okay because that's what your job is. Uh, when you're a magistrate or a county clerk or whatever these government officials are that want to refuse marriage licenses, uh, you're working for the law, so... Right, and when the one of the first of the laws is that the government shall make no... Wait, how's it go? <laughs> the, the, what is it? It's, it's that Congress shall make no law regarding the establishment of religion... Or Pertaining with, to the pert- establishment of religion or uh, restricting the due process thereof. Right, and the... Oh, I'm sorry, I, I have that a little wrong, but th- that's the general. That's, that's the gist. Like, and and, and for exercise. hundreds of years, the interpretation of that has been that laws that enshrine one particular religious belief are not constitutional. Yeah. uh, Because that would be the establishment of a religion as law. So unless every religion gets to have its beliefs made into law... um, Which would be quite a hodgepodge, because then you have religions that disagree about things. Sure. And it's also... I don't understand why same-sex marriage is the hill so many of these people want to die on, There are so many things that are in violation of Christian beliefs that are just commonplace parts of society. Mm -hmm. Why is same-sex marriage something that's only tangentially referred to? I mean, the marriage isn't, but, uh, you know, same-sex relationships are only tangentially referred to in the New Testament. 
why is that the one? Why is that know. the one that they have to take a stand on? I don't know. Is it because people have a visceral, icky reaction to the thought of butt sex? I think it is. Is it because uh, it involves bodies and the control thereof? I think it's that, too. So, uh, what are some, some Christian beliefs that would be easier to find consensus uh, on, but that are, nobody wants to talk about? Usury. Ooh. You're not allowed to charge interest. Oh, whoops. Usury was illegal under the church, and so people who lived under the Catholic Church couldn't run banks that charged interest, which makes it hard to run a bank. bank. Sure. Because uh, most banks are sort of premised on the idea of money lending and interest. Mm-hmm. And so r- more recently, because it became necessary to run banks, um, usury was redefined. Ah. Uh, yeah. People took God's law about usury and redefined it to mean excessive interest. Um. So you can charge interest, and that's not a sin. You just can't charge excessive interest <laughs> okay so this is like when god said oh uh, no mormons you can you can have black people now yeah god at some point was like oh no, no no bank of america it's all right oh well i don't see i don't think god said that i think oh. the idea is just that we came to understand god had always meant <laughs> that usury was excessive interest so god was just looking down on us and being like look at these knuckleheads can't get a banking system together i'm fine with it yeah 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 i mean it's like oh wait wait, wait, wait a minute. interest is cool just <laughs> not too much okay just <laughs> okay just a little bit. That's really funny because you always hear about like the pigskin thing or not wearing polyester. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah, us- usury. You can't charge interest. Yeah, good to know. Uh, so you know, I mean, if she really wants to take a stand, she should pull all her money out of the banks, which are sinful, mm-hmm. and stuff them in her bra. Oh, ooh, okay. Yeah, and then the richer she is, the richer she'll be upstairs. If you know what I mean. <laughs> sure. Good, good for you, Ruth Neely. Ruth Neely money bags. That's yes. a good collar. Ruth Neely put my eyes out with those things. <laughs> That's the funniest joke you've told in a long, long time. Oh, what about the boudoir baby? That's not a joke. That's serious business. Speaking of uh, news around the states, mm-hmm. uh, our old friend Andy Punio, Andy Punio is back in the news. He I is called old... Andy Punio. They're both my friend, Annie and Andy. Tell me, tell me about them, my friends. The Punio family. Well, yeah. there's just one of them. Andy, oh, Andy Punio. Oh, I've been deceived. Ha ha, he's the great deceiver. Well, he's an okay deceiver. He's not actually very good at it. He keeps losing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, you may recognize his name from my book, Defining Marriage. Mm. He was one of the people in uh, the late 90s who was working for Pete Knight on Proposition 20, uh-huh. which was the initial thing that banned marriage in California. Mm-hmm. He was also one of the head men in charge on Proposition 8 in 2008. Okay. He defended Prop 8 all the way to the Supreme Court lost mm-hmm. and then he ran for office lost mm-hmm. and now he's running for office again district six in california running okay. for assembly what is district six uh it's wait let, oh no I, I was confusing it with district nine i was wondering <laughs> if it was overrun by aliens yes it is uh it's actually he has i'm not sure geographically where it is it's a uh, one of those places where he actually does it's one of those suburbs that's conservative enough that he has a shot sure probably doesn't though they're better funded candidates uh, and he, we're not even at the primary yet so uh He'll be up against other Republicans. Okay. So, anyway, he's running, and part of his platform is opposing marriage equality in California at this point. Okay. How does he intend to do that? Very vague. Very vague. He says, In the state assembly, I'll fight to end the political correctness and bias against the traditional views of marriage and family. Okay. So is he just going to say, gays that marry smell? Because, I mean, it seems like if he's going to take on political correctness, uh, it means just talking shit. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Whenever someone says, like, it's it's that they're opposed to political correctness, what they're really talking about is they're opposed to treating people with respect. And 
so yeah, I guess like what else can he do in the California Assembly to oppose? I mean, I guess he could push for these bills that are like, oh, good for you, florists, you can turn away whoever you want, mm-hmm. and good for you, Kim Davises, you can not do your job. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he can try. I don't think it's going to go very well for him in California, but I mean, at this point, does California care? I feel like California has been through the ringer with yeah. gay marriage, yeah. and I, I don't know that dredging that up is really going to energize even people who are opposed to same-sex marriage. Well, uh, the other problem with Andy Puno is that he's kind of a chucklehead. So he uh, also says, and see if you can untangle this sentence, I'll fight for religious freedom so that business owners can determine what types of businesses they wish to offer and to whom. So oh, that's okay, really clear. Okay. It's one of those so it's the cakes things. and floors. Jesus but, Christ, cakes and floors. I know. Then he goes on. That's why I wrote Proposition 8. Did he? He Well, he participated okay. in the writing of it. But and he wrote it to protect... why you wrote it? Well, he, he did it to protect religion, because it really needs defending. Yeah, religion's under attack. So he says, that's why I wrote Proposition 8, to protect traditional marriage and defended Prop 8 all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. Okay. Defended Prop 8 all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court uh-huh. uh, so that business owners could decide what types of services they wish to offer and to whom. Sure. I mean, it also seems like the kind of thing a segregationist could have said yeah. after losing that battle. You know, I fought... I mean, well, isn't that... I mean, it's kind of what Jesse Helms was saying till the end, yeah. right? Like, you know, I fought for these things all the way up to the Supreme Court, leaving out that he lost. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a dog whistle to segregationists who are like, he's, he's on our side, even when the going got tough. He was fighting for us. And, and then those liberal blah, blah, blah beat him. Well, I mean, they, they didn't. He kept getting elected. But I, I mean, I guess he lost on that issue. Yeah. But it's the same kind of thing, right? Like that businesses should be free to decide who they want to do business with. Yes. Um, I mean, whatever kind of segregation you're talking about, whether it's about gay people or people of color or people of different religions or what have you, um, to say that businesses should be free to exclude whoever they want I mean, it's just straight up saying segregating. Businesses should be free to segregate. Yeah. And if you believe that, then, I mean, it would be interesting to hold someone's feet to the fire and say, like, so do you believe in segregation? Because if they say no, they just believe in people's ability to discriminate based on a belief, then well, they're saying the same thing. They would They would say, uh, well, segregation is uh, is morally wrong, and having a belief about same-sex marriage isn't. They would say that, that segregation... I mean, I, I realize that this is fraught with problems. Yeah. That they're like, well, uh, segregation was based on a, a misinterpretation of the Bible. No, no, no. No, no, no. Not just... You are segregating. You are segregating into a group of people you will serve and a group of people you will not serve. Mm-hmm. So I'm not talking about, like, capital S segregation of, of the early 20th century. I'm talking about... And late the 18th. practice in general. I'm talking about the idea of taking groups of people, separating them, and choosing one that you're going to exclude... If that's not segregation, what is it? They would say it's the good kind of segregation. Would they say that? I think they would. I think they'd say, okay, well, you're, the word segregation is very loaded because of its its history. Uh-huh. But when you talk about like treating different things differently, that's not inherently amoral. Inherently amoral. That they'd say do you mean immoral. Yeah, I guess I probably do. Okay. Uh, that that oh yeah, segregation is okay if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Segregation's okay if if it if there's sufficient justification. Okay, so they're in favor of segregation. Another yes. word for that is to discriminate. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with having discriminating tastes, right? Like, yeah, and, and provocative anti-gay writers will sometimes bring this thing up, and they'll be yeah. like, discrimination can be a good thing. Good. I want. Let's have them use that language. Let's yeah. have them use the honest language of discrimination and segregation. Yeah, I, I don't think that goes very far because people don't like to hear that, but. 
They will. They like. I mean, Maggie Gallagher used to say it all the time. Um, sure, and look how it worked out for her yeah, and for I, her organization. So I'm saying, yes, please <laughs> use that language. Use discrimination. Use segregation. Use the actual terms. Like George Wallace, he was proud of it. Segregation now, segregation forever. Right? Yeah. I think everyone who is opposed to stores having to serve all customers equally should be proud to use the words segregation and discrimination. This is the solution that Dan Savage came up with a while back, that the stores that want to do this sort of thing, the the florists and the bakers and photographers and whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, should be free to do so as long as they put a big sign in the window that says segregationists or something like that. Okay. Well, I mean, there were those stickers, I can't remember in what state, that said something like, we don't discriminate and had a little rainbow. Mm -hmm. I mean, what about a sticker that just says, we discriminate? No, but what they say is we're we're doing this because we believe in a positive. We believe that marriage is something special between a man and a woman. And so they would want a sticker that says, we believe that marriage is between a man and a woman. And well, we don't care about gay people. We just care about men and women. Okay. So they, uh, but still, they're discriminating. So they should have a sticker that says, we discriminate. Yeah. And this is where you get to this insane Alice in Wonderland logic where they're like, no, no, we're not discriminating. We're, we don't, we don't wish any ill will on gay people. We just believe that marriage is between a man and a woman. And so it's different. How is it different? Oh, no, no, that marriage, marriage between a man and a woman is different between than, than marriage between people of the same gender. Okay, but how is it not discrimination to say that we serve one group of people and not another? Because we're not doing it to, to discriminate. We're just doing it because we believe that one of these groups is different. Okay, but you're doing it. Well, yeah, that is literally what discrimination is. Okay, so, so here is your sticker that says we discriminate, yeah, and but, now you are free to discriminate. <laughs> I know, and I mean, what we're doing here essentially is they're, they're using circular logic, and we're shrinking the diameter of the circle so small that it is absurd, and yet somehow these people don't want to accept that discrimination is what they're doing. Okay, but you said some of them are comfortable using the language. A few, a few, yeah. Okay, uh, well, those should be the banner holders. Banner boys. Standard They should bears? be the, yeah, the, the... The banner boys? They should be the banana banner boys. <laughs> and they should shove themselves in a woman to... Uh-huh. With a little flag. Yes, because that is what marriage is, a banana and a woman. With a little flag coming out. With a little flag coming out. And mm-hmm. that should be the sticker. It should be a woman with her legs spread, a banana with a flag hanging halfway out, uh-huh. and written in pubic hair, we discriminate. The banana banner boys is definitely going to be the name of this episode. <laughs> Starring Bruce Banner. <laughs> Bruce Banner is the Banana Banner Boy. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else exciting happening in the States. Oh, yes, because we've got some international news this this, this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one other uh, fun factoid from the South. Uh-huh. Remember Judge Roy Moore? We talked about him last week. How could I forget my first kiss? <laughs> he's not doing great. No? So uh, he's going to have his hearing sometime this summer to determine whether or not he can be a Supreme Court justice in uh, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I misspoke last week, and I said Georgia. It's Alabama. Oh. Uh, but, uh, shame. Yeah. Shame. Uh, so he's going to have a hearing. There's going to be witness testimony. Oh. And I don't know what that entails. If that means that, like, the public can come and speak, because mm-hmm. that would be amazing. Or if, like, one side has to call, like, their witnesses, and his side calls their witnesses. Either way, it's going to be very entertaining. Is Goody Price going to call him a witch? Probably. Mm. Oh, I hope so. Oh, my God. Is it Goody Proctor? There's a lot of goodies. Goody, goody, goody. Uh, Sam- <laughs> That's the musical version of The Crucible. <laughs> yes. Goody, goody, goody. <laughs> 
one of the reasons that I hope that like the public can just come and be witnesses mm-hmm. is because there's this campaign being waged against him by Ambrosia Starling oh. from last, last yes. week. Yes, his greatest foe. Yes, it's been clarified for me now. Yeah. So there were some news articles that said that she was a trans woman. No, mm-hmm. she is a drag queen. Okay. And she's been very cagey about her real identity. Like, mm-hmm. no news reports have said what this uh, drag queen's, uh, depending on the terminology you want to use, who her manager is. Sure. Uh, so we don't know what, what man is pulling the strings behind the scenes of Ambrosia Starling. And Ambrosia is a local Alabama queen? Yes. Very good. I mean, she is fantastic. There was a wonderful Rachel Maddow segment where she talked about how the head of the legislative branch in mm-hmm. Alabama, the governor, uh, Bentley in Alabama, and now the chief justice of the Supreme court in Alabama mm-hmm. are all under investigation for some scandal or another. Mm-hmm. And she's like, so we could be looking at a situation in the state where the head of every branch of government is out of office. And as far as I'm concerned, Ambrosia Starling should be in charge of all of them. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. So I'm delighted by everything that Ambrosia is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully she gets to testify. So the options when the uh, judicial hearing happens Mm -hmm. is Roy Moore can either the complaint can be dismissed, he can be disciplined, or removed from office. Okay. So uh, removal from office needs a unanimous nine vote. From who? Who votes? From a council that is composed of people in the judiciary and also lay people. Okay. So I was looking a few of these people up, and they are just like well-to-do people in the state. Uh, it's one of them is a retired real estate broker. It's huh. just like citizens who have a lot of free time, and they're like, "Yeah, sure, I'm going to do some public service by joining this judicial inquiry ethics commission." Weird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's it, often the way these things work is it's like favors, like appointment sure. favors. Like, mm-hmm. oh, thank you so much for uh, organizing the phone bank or donating $10,000 to me. Mm-hmm. It's not supposed to work that way, but it, let's be honest, it does. Uh, so that's how often people wind up on commissions like these. Oh, boy. I would be like, uh, I will give you $10,000 not to put me on any commission. <laughs> please. Yeah. Please do not put me on a commission. Uh, yeah. So briefly, when we lived in West Hollywood, it was it was proposed that I apply for the Transportation Commission. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, no. <laughs> no like, it's unbearable just to go and speak at these things. Mm. I mean, so... Trans- would you have met George Takei? It's ever so slightly possible. Because he was the pilot of the subway, right? He, he piloted was, into the Delta Quadrant. Kind of. Yeah, in the 1970s, when they were talking about building the subway in Los Angeles, uh, he was the tiebreaker because he was on, I think it was the Transportation Commission or Council or something like that. Uh, and he had to uh, cast a tie-breaking vote, leaving rehearsal on something early to cast a tie-breaking Ooh. vote so that we could have uh, in Los Angeles a subway that goes to uh, a few places. <laughs> It's it's actually it's reached Santa Monica now. They did a test oh. run down to Santa Monica, so now you can go from goes right off the pier, yeah, <laughs> into the ocean. Mm-hmm. Good riddance. <laughs> uh, you can go all the way from Burbank to uh, Santa Monica Beach now on the on the subway. Huh? Yeah, that route doesn't make sense for where most people live and work, but okay. Well, yeah. So you go from uh, Burbank yeah. to downtown LA, to, and then yeah. from downtown LA out to Santa Monica. Sure, and why uh, not? It takes three days, <laughs> and uh, it's an ox-drawn cart. Yeah, I mean it is it is it is a long ride, but it's it's built. But Helmsman Sulu made it possible. Helmsman Sulu made it possible. Ooh. I had the privilege of thanking him for that at one point uh, at a fundraiser for the Prop Eight case. It's Matthew. Uh, yes, hey, I don't think he remembers me, Ooh. but uh, as I was walking him to, from one part of the fundraiser to the other, I thanked him for casting that vote and that I ride the subway all the time. And I said, "Oh, you know my checkered past." No. <laughs> all right, we're not going to do Ooh. Sulu impressions at each other for Ooh. the rest of this podcast. Sulu, you can find. 
sent him on Hulu. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he can either be uh, disciplined, dismissed, or uh, disciplined, removed from office, or the charge is dismissed. Okay, so what are the odds of each? It is real hard to say. I will okay. say last time he got into this pickle, yeah. uh, he was removed from office. There was a unanimous vote that he had acted improperly and putting the uh, Ten Commandments on the lawn. And I think it is pretty damn clear that he has acted as improperly this time. Sure, but if they need a unanimous vote, what if there's somebody who is sympathetic to his religious point of view? Yeah. Then I mean, I, I, I assume the same could have been true with the Ten Commandments, but that it seems to me like more of a clear case of settled law, um, putting the Ten Commandments like in a courthouse environment. It seems like it goes back to just sort of the origins of the First Amendment, well, whereas... Of, like, it's the Scopes Monkey Trial, essentially, you know? Yeah. And I, I think this is something that someone could feel justified in having uh, a contrary opinion. Yeah. Uh, especially in the context of that Ten Commandments thing, because there was, like, ruling after ruling after ruling there. Right. And this is a new thing that people are still all heated and worked up about. So it may be more likely that we'll have a, a disciplined daddy. And what does that mean? Because he doesn't, like, he'll just, whatever the punishment is, he'll just, like, if it's a fine or a probation or something, he'll just do it and then just keep doing what he's been doing. So it's really vague. I've been trying okay. to get to the bottom of this. Discipline can mean suspension without pay. Uh-huh. It can mean censure, which is essentially saying, we don't like you. Right. Uh, or it may be, quote, sanction as may be prescribed by law. Uh, well, okay. gee whiz. Does that mean like tar and feathering or oh, molasses and spooning? Oh, oh or, or just sp- he has to spoon in bed with gay men. Oh my God. That would be so great. It's just, they get a giant bed and they get Yoko Ono back from the grave. Ambrosia Starling. And he Ambrosia Starling. with Ambrosia Starling. Yes. Yoko Ono's still alive. Shh. Don't tell her. Um, she's going to do a real bed in with Roy Moore and Ambrosia Starling. Mm-hmm. I always almost call her Ambrosia Salad. <laughs> well, that's probably... I think that's what not it's an probably based on, but why not call yourself Ambrosia Salad? Like, why Starling? I don't know. And then you could toss the salad. It's a whole bit. Ooh, gross. Although Ambrosia Salad's made of marshmallow, isn't it? Is it? I don't why know. I actually, I literally do not know what Ambrosia Salad is. I feel it's like marshmallow... It's um, the food of the gods, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you hear what it is, I think it's um, marshmallow, maraschino cherries, and cookie crisp. What? It's not, but it's something like that. Oh my God. Why don't you look it up? What's ambrosia salad give me your phone no why i'm not gonna let you pollute my phone with this with this filth what we're gonna have siri tell us what's in ambrosia salad okay i found this on the web for i think what's an ambrosia salad uh okay (laughs) close enough uh according to alton brown whom we trust kind of what do you mean kind of Mm. what would you like not give him your wallet he's got those piggy cody feldman alf eyes no he doesn't it's not cody it's not cody cody feldman he's coded okay so when i tapped the bing result it just brought me to a literal blank web page so good job bing why is bing your search engine Uh, because that's the default on the you can change it siri no you have to you can't yes you can no what oh my god we're not getting into this on the podcast tell me more no i don't want to bing you have to if you want her to search Search Google. You have to specifically say, Siri, search Google for blah, blah, blah. Give her to me. I want to put a banana in her. No. Why? I need to know what ambrosia salad is. Search Google for a recipe for ambrosia salad. Searching Google for recipe for ambrosia salad. Yeah. All right. Here it comes. It's loading, but it's it's an airplane mode, so no, it's not. Oh my god, it's hideous. Yeah. Oh no, it looks like marshmallows and corn. Oh, maybe. Oh no, this is horrible. Oh my god, it's like... Mayonnaise and marshmallows? That what could be. What is this? 
It's what comes out of your butt. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. That is not what comes out of my butt. Sure. It's it's the food of the gods. Oh, no. I'm really upset. This is like a distressing... Do you remember when I cried because I found a rotten pepper in the fridge? I remember when you cried because your underwear was on the outside. It was last night. It was. It was horrible. I was moaning for help and you didn't help me. (laughs) Actually, you did. You wrapped your arms around me and you were very supportive, even though you had no idea what was going on. Never. Uh, Okay. Okay. This is revolting. What is it? Uh, It's half a cup of heavy cream. Delicious. Four ounces of sour cream because no dessert is complete without sour cream Mm -hmm. Uh, six ounces of mini marshmallows this isn't a dessert this is a side to go with like your steak a cup of clementine orange segments okay a cup of chopped pineapple Uh uh-huh a cup of freshly grated coconut, uh-huh. a cup of toasted chopped pecans, uh-huh. and half a cup of maraschino cherries. I knew the maraschino cherry was involved somehow. Oh my god. This is like that horrible Barbara Streisand recipe. Do you remember that one? Uh, uh, that it was uh, one part nose, three parts voice, and all boob. Uh, no, no, no. There's, uh, Barbara Streisand's, hold on, I'm searching for it here. Her marshmallow coffee ice cream thing. No. Do you not remember when I was posting? Like, somewhere, I don't remember how I found this thing. Uh Uh-huh. Someone had posted a link to an old recipe, uh, that she had, like, contributed to a recipe book. Okay, here it is. Oh, the recipe for Barbara Streisand would have butter. Because she's like butter. She's a, the son's a ball of butter. Yeah, and, and she's and so her own her son. son. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so her recipe for Barbara's instant coffee ice cream. Uh-huh. 24 marshmallows. You have to count them. Count 24 marshmallows. Okay. A cup of milk, a teaspoon of instant coffee, <laughs> and a cup of heavy cream, chilled. Is the instant coffee prepared, or is it just the powder crystalline form? The crystals. Okay. Uh, so, turn your refrigerator to the coldest point. Sure. That's how this begins. Uh-huh. Pour milk into a saucepan, heat, and gradually add the marshmallows. Mm-hmm. Mix until the mixture is smooth. Add the instant coffee. Okay. Let it cool a bit. Whip the cream until stiff. Mix oh, cream and marshmallow mix stiff. together and pour into empty ice cube tray. Ugh. Freeze. Mm-hmm. Barbara likes this with pretzels. She doesn't. No person has ever served anything like this to Barbara Streisand. First of all, it's sort of like the wrong way to make fondant. Okay. So when you melt a marshmallow, yeah. uh, it becomes super crazy sticky. Okay. Like horrible throughout your saucepan sticky. Okay. You have to do it in a nonstick or you'll, you'll, you'll resign yourself to having a terrible time in the kitchen. Um, <laughs> That's the name of your cookbook. Resign yourself to having a terrible time. That might be the title for this episode. Mm. So what you do when you make fondant is you mix your marshmallows and powdered sugar mm-hmm. so that it gradually turns into sort of a, a, a clay that you can mold with. You still have to have Crisco all over your hands so it doesn't stick to your hands. That's not why you have Crisco all over your hands. <laughs> I mean, you, you had it all over your hands anyway. Sure. So you might as well make fondant. Mm-hmm. Um, That's yeah. how fondant was invented. It's like, <laughs> yes. hey, God, that is Crisco. Yeah, by, by Mario and Luigi? By, by a Papa Giuseppe to pizza. Okay. I'm actually a pizza. I don't make it a pizza. <laughs> it's just a pizza. It's a pizza. Make it the okay sign. Yeah, like on the box. Yeah. Anyway, so if you melt oh. a marshmallow with cream and milk... I burned myself. So what you would get is a horribly sticky slurry so it would be like if you whip me until hard i'll make a sticky slurry (laughs) it would be vomitous and then you freeze it but dairy doesn't freeze well no so you would get a horrible separation here of like this ice cube skin uh, oh my god it would just be it would just be horrible it would be the worst do you remember Jello pudding pops? Yeah, they were good. Yeah, but that's that's totally different. That is totally different. Now, see, we need to go with Bill Cosby's recipe, oh. not Barbara Streisand's. Oh, 
oh my god, that's what this is trying to be. Well, I think it's it's maybe something similar. It's oh. not ice cream. Ice cream is a total lie in there. Yeah, yeah. First of all, this has nothing to do with ice cream. Yeah, Barbara but Streisand is the great deceiver, not uh, Ponyo. That is dairy and gelatin, right? It's probably non-dairy creamer with just a little kiss from Bill Cosby. Mm, no, thank you. Just a little... Speaking of Italians... Uh, yeah, Bill Cosby. Yes. No, uh-huh. no, no, you were talking about Giuseppe on the pizza. Giuseppe is the pizza. Oh, Giuseppe is the pizza. Yeah. So Giuseppe the pizza yeah. can now get married. No, he can't. He can oh. get a civil union. Oh. Yes. So oh. Italy is the last country in Western Europe to adopt civil unions. Manja. Okay. I don't know if that's Italian or not. I, I think it is. I think it means eat. Yes. Eat Giuseppe. Eat Giuseppe. Oh, no. Manja. His wedding night. Oh. That, that's what he wanted. So Italy now has, uh, well, is going to have civil unions uh, in July, uh-huh. unless there's a referendum to repeal. Mm. But uh, support is generally pretty good for civil unions, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it passed one of the uh, chambers of the legislature, 372 to 51. Okay. So, pretty good. Sure. Um, not bad. I mean, considering that, you know, like, the Pope lives in Italy. Were they voting during a Bunga Bunga party? Oh, maybe. Maybe. Silvio Berlusconi knows how to have a good time. Well, if you have burlesque in your name, you might as well have a Bunga Bunga party. Yes. Ooh, girl. That's <laughs> a civil union. There's... That's, that's Silvio Ber- Sil- Sylvester Burlesque's greatest quote. Ooh, girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but in Italian. Yes, Sylvester Burlesque. That's his name, Sylvester right? Sylvester Burlesque. Yeah. Sylvester Burlesker. So, yes. Could you put pony in the end of that somehow? Sylvester Burlesque pony? I, you could. That's pony? his horse. Yeah. Okay, good. Sylvester good. Burlesker. <laughs> met Chester the Molester <laughs> while riding married. on a pony. <laughs> this is he the stuck, worst. He sh- stuck a child in his hat and called it macaroni. Okay. This is not going in your book of, of children's poems. Why? It's inappropriate for the for the boudoir baby. I almost called him the burlesque baby. <laughs> the burlesque baby is the boudoir baby's boyfriend. Oh no. This is an unstable family. Sylvester Burlesker and uh, Chester, Chester the Molester went riding on a pony. They ran into the boudoir baby and they... <laughs> Uh-huh, go, go on. Sold him to Joseph Coney. Okay, good, good. That... Joseph Coney, 2012, Coney, 2012. He, here comes Silvio, and he's got a pizza manja. I don't know what to call this episode now, because Silvio Burlesque Pony is a pretty good name. It's not. It's great, it's great. You're great. You've done a great <laughs> job. He's a human pantomime horse. Yep. He breaks into two halves. Yep. Uh, what, what else were we talking about? Oh, uh, Australia. Know. Oh, Yes. That again. That again. Australia. Still still making the news. The, the old plebiscite. The land of the plebiscite. Exactly. I'm yeah. so happy that you remember that from a previous episode. Mm. Uh, so we're coming up on the plebiscite. Uh, maybe. Uh, July is the uh, election between Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull oh. and Bill Shorten. Okay. Isn't that a character from Hairspray? Malcolm Turnbull? Oh. It's certainly... Uh, you're thinking Turnblatt. Yes. Uh, but it sure sounds like... Malcolm Turnbull certainly sounds like a like a John Waters character. Or from Matilda. There's a Trunchbull, Trunchbull. Yes. and a Turnblatt. Did, do you think Trunchbull and Turnblatt ever went to town riding on Silvio Berlusconi? Yeah, I hyphenated their names because <laughs> it sounds beautiful. They passed by Chester the Molester and ate some macaroni. Good, good. You've returned to the actual words of the of the rhyme. But it's not the kind of macaroni from dandy days. You know, uh, that, that was gay people is what that referred to. Maybe. The kind of macaroni I'm talking about is where you make a big, giant bowl, craft cheese and macaroni. Like and in a bathtub? Yeah, and you sit in it. Huh. It's, a, it's a sits bath for your hoodoo. Okay. 
Uh, is this something that you do a lot? Is this why your skin looks so youthful? This <laughs> is why it's uh, not... And why there's macaroni stuck to your face? Yes, it's why your lactose intolerance flares uh, up whenever you lick me. I see. That's what's doing it. Yep. I'll get you for this. That's why with every lick you have <laughs> yeah. diarrhea that won't quit. Good, good. Anyway, Australia. Uh-huh. Having that uh, election, then maybe a plebiscite. Turnbull wants a plebiscite. Bill Shorten wants legislation. Uh, Mama's little baby loves Shorten, Shorten. Uh, does Mama want him to win? Uh, either one would oh. be fine for gay marriage. I don't would know it? enough okay. about the... Uh, well, yeah, Bill Shorten would obviously be better, because then we wouldn't have to vote. We'd just have legislation. Right. But, I mean, they're both in favor of marriage equality. It's just a matter of one's more courageous about it than the other. Weird. Yeah. Okay, so they both... Uh, okay, so I thought the the people putting forth the plebiscite mm-hmm. were hoping in some way to obstruct gay marriage, but they're not. They just don't want to be responsible exactly. for it. They want power. Okay. Uh... Yeah, so it's shitty. So, uh, Brisbane is calling on the federal government to legalize marriage equality. Okay. Um... That uh, is a motion that was moved by a man named Lord Mayor Graham Quirk. Perfect. Yep. I love him. Yep. Love everything about him. I, I, I bet you thought that we'd heard our, we'd gotten our fill of weird names on this episode. I've never got my fill. Lord Mayor Graham Quirk. Uh-huh. A few years ago, he refused to fly the rainbow flag, uh, and now he supports marriage equality. I Strongly. See. Is it because he got a little smooch from Roy Moore? That might be it. Now that he's out of a job, he's uh, got to hit the pavement. Oh, he's no he's no longer uh, the what? Lord Mayor? Uh, no, 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 no. Oh, Roy Moore. Roy Moore. I see. I see. Yeah. So uh, Australians who do not like gay marriage uh, are upset about everything that's happening right now. Okay. Uh, the Australian Marriage Forum uh, on Mother's Day put out a newsletter or an email blast or something like that saying, is this our last Mother's Day? Is it? It's not. Wait, explain that to me. Uh, they go on, once genderless marriage is enshrined in law, it's okay. official. What is? Mothers no longer matter. It's official? It's what official. What about lesbian mothers? Mm, they never mattered, because they're not real moms. Okay. Wait, I mean, that's so insane that they are excluding half of the same-sex couples that might want to marry, because if... Uh, 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 you're, you're, you're sputtering. I, uh, okay. Do you need me to, to turn your crank to get your motor going again? Get, get my mother going again. <laughs> um, my mother the car. You got to turn mm. that crank. Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, they go on. Okay. Mothers, uh, their unique contribution to the family unit is no longer upheld as the ideal, and Mother's Day is an affront to genderless families. What are you even uh, talking about, you nincompoops? Uh, it's not. Like, uh, this is the other weird thing that, that comes up sometimes in this rhetoric, is this idea... That same-sex couples want to destroy or denigrate or in in some way have it in for the ideas of mothers and fathers and, and, and want that whole concept destroyed. I mean, who gives a shit? You run your family the way you want and leave us the fuck alone. Yeah, yeah. You're pretty sure you can still have Mother's Day. Yeah. Unless, unless you live in the United States. Oh, According to Senator Fidelma Healy Eames. Okay. She is an Irish senator. Okay. Uh, she says, Happy Mother's Day all. Hope we can continue to celebrate it after same-sex marriage passed. In some U.S. states, Mother's and Father's Day banned. Oh. Yeah. Wh- when, when and where did that happen? Um, well. So that didn't actually happen. Right. Uh, but she believes that it does, that it did. Uh, and Who then, told her that? I, I don't know. And then at some point somebody confronted Was it Roma her. Downey? Yeah. Oh, oh, she's touched by an angel. Yeah, oh, she's touched by something if she and, believes and that Mother's Irish. Day and Father's Day were... Oh, well, in particular. So there was a, uh, a Irish uh, news magazine thing that was covering this uh-huh. uh, and tried to find any evidence that that had actually happened, that Mother's and Father's Day had been banned in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, and their conclusion is a delightful Irish, I assume, colloquialism. Mm-hmm. She's basically talking out of her hoop. 
<laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. I don't know exactly what it means, and yet somehow it paints a perfect picture. It really does. Yeah. So uh, stop talking out of your hoop, Fidelma. Oh, I want to add that to my repertoire of boudoir baby tricks. Uh, talking from the hoop. That, oh, that's another good title for this episode. Mm-hmm. Talking from the hoop. That's what we do. Sure. Week after week. That's the only time the Pope is speaking on behalf of God. When he talks from a hoop? Yeah. When he's speaking from the hoop. Is it any hoop? Or can it be just like a hula hoop or a, one of those like cross stitch hoops? It's the hot cross stitch hoop that's preferred. Um, although if he can hula hoop with it, good for him. He mm. has been uh, following the Atkins diet. Sure. Uh, like, um, what's her name? Uh, Grace Jones. Absolutely. Grace Jones. Yeah. We watched a video of her singing a, like, a long, like, five-minute song, hula hooping nonstop, one take throughout. Now, why isn't she Pope? She should be Pope. If one day the, the smoke came out of the Vatican, uh, sparkly and playing disco music, uh, and then they all shuffled out sadly and were like, We regret to inform the people of the world that God has spoken to us. And uh, the new Pope, it's uh, the Grace Jones. Here she comes. And then she comes out hula hooping. Yep. Perfect. No, perfect. They wheel out a crate, like on the Pee Wee Christmas special. Mm-hmm. The front falls off the crate. She comes out hula hooping. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's it. That's the new Pope. I did not know that this was even possible. Uh, uh, you know, I, but it is the greatest aphrodisiac. <laughs> yes. Why is this Henry Kissinger? <laughs> because he is the plebiscite of the Pope. Uh, Henry Kissinger, plebiscite of the Pope and yep. the people. The Pope. Hey. Yes, he's the Popal People Plebiscipal. Everyone, thank you for listening this week. Why did you listen? Uh, do we have anything else that we need to discuss? We need to discuss how adorable I am. Oh, okay. I do think you're very cute, you know. I like your face. Not necessarily the face you're making right now, but uh, I like the face that you have. I know what we need to discuss. Yeah? The bird. The knocking bird. Oh, what is the deal with that weird chickadee? I think it's some kind of omen or portent. We have a bird that lands uh, on a little perch right by one of our windows and pecks on the window. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing. It woke us up the other day, and I guess it was here again during the while you were playing some video game. Sure. And just like... Starts tapping on the window. Like so knock, it's... knock, knock. And then he takes a step to the side. Knock, knock, knock. Takes another step. Knock, knock, knock. It's so strange. You think he's like trying to come on to you? Like he's he's like, I, I, I'm ready. Come on out. I think it's a warning. I think the bird is, is it, it, it's some kind of warning. What is he specifically? It's possibly David Bowie. Oh. Because he can turn into a bird. I did ask the goblins to take you away. Okay, good. Good. Uh, well, um, I asked you to take the goblins away, so between all of us, it's some weird rock, paper, scissors. Oh. Of, of you also asked me away. to take out the trash, and we'll see how well <laughs> that's going. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, you, you occasionally, you, you'll do some trash taking out. I just sit in it. You made me dinner tonight. That was I a nice little thing that you did. I heated up a bag of food. That's that's what I am. <laughs> and then just like uh, Sylvester Burlesque Pony... Um, I hitched the bag of food to your face, and you slurped it up. You put it on a plate and served it with a little ramekin of sauce. It was very nice. Mm, You're a little ramekin of sauce. And we watched the burbs, which is why we've been talking about Corey Feldman. Oh, good old Cody Feld Bob. Thanks again for listening. Please don't hesitate to get in touch and let us know your thoughts and questions on twitter i'm at matt baum leave a review on the on the show on itunes uh, those reviews are very very helpful uh, don't forget to hop over to amazon get to finding marriage and printer via download it's an ebook and it's an audiobook and it's a print book and uh i don't know maybe i can make a flipbook version uh if you do get a copy on amazon please do leave a review that would be very lovely check out my podcast the sewers of paris for revealing personal stories about entertainment that change the lives of gay men this oh week. wait i what? i'm gonna what? interrupt you no you can't i i'm interrupting your flow 
Sewers of Paris is two reviews away from a nice round number. It's been at 198 for quite a while. Oh. And if people loved you... Yes. They would go to iTunes and they would... Two of them. Two people. That's all it would take. Go to iTunes. Go to Matthew's other podcast, The Sewers of Paris. Not this one. The one that is good. um, And leave two reviews so he can have a nice round number of two with two perky bosoms next to it oh i can i can stick my cash in them sure just like uh leave it to beaver or whatever her name was neely von pelt i don't think you're nearly there (laughs) yes uh yeah that would be lovely Ooh, two reviews but anyway uh, so who do you have on series of paris this week i'm sorry i I go back to my coffin i I sleep now i just (laughs) spoke to connor the delightful connor uh he talks all about soap operas and rufus wainwright and having a lot of feelings connor clearly is an emotional young man and uh, we have a lovely little chat about uh, the time he went to Europe and did a lot of drugs and had a lot of sex. So that's entertaining. Uh, so yeah, check it out, sewersofparis.com. And now, by the power vested in me by the internet, I hereby pronounce this podcast over. Ah, pudding pop! <laughs>